0: In today's episode, we're going to be talking to my sweet friend Carly. Carly is one of my closest friends here in Nashville, as well as one of my closest friends from when I did the world race. I don't know if you guys are familiar with the world race, but it's an 11-month mission trip that goes to 11 countries around the world, and that's how Carly and I met. That's also how my husband Carl and I met, but that is a story for another day. Well, Carly and I traveled the world together and became instant friends, and you'll see why in just a second. Carly is hilarious and wise and just the best girlfriend. You are going to love her. I think you're going to love today's topic too, because Carly and I are going to be sharing the six things we're so glad we did before we got married. If you're single or dating or engaged or even married, I know you're going to love this conversation as much as I did. But before we jump into all of that, there's something I want to make absolutely sure y'all know about. You guys, today is a really big day. Doors to my course, Make the Most of Your Single Life, just opened up like 10 minutes ago. They are officially open and I would love for you to join us. You can find out all about it at loveyoursinglelife.com or through the link in my Instagram profile. I'm at sma Wilson over on Instagram. And the website will tell you all about the course, and you can even sign up there too. You guys, if you haven't heard about the course yet, here are just a few of the things we talk about in it. In the course, we talk about how to fill the season with joy and contentment, how to use the season to become the woman you've always wanted to be, and how that's the best way to set yourself up for the kind of relationship you've always wanted. We talk about a powerful tool for building confidence, which also happens to be your dating secret sauce, and we'll talk about that too. We'll talk about ways of investing in your friendships in your relationship with God and in yourself that will make your life richer, more meaningful, and more fun. We're going to be talking about how to find good quality men today, even when it feels like you've totally run out of options. We're going to talk about how to be proactive in dating while still being pursued, how to keep yourself out of the friend zone. We're also going to be talking about what to do with your sex drive while you're single, because unfortunately it doesn't wait until we're married to show up, right? And guys, that's just the beginning and I would love to have you join us, but make sure to sign up soon because doors to the course close at 1159 PST on Friday, September 22nd, and won't be opening up again this year. Well, okay, that being said, you might be thinking, awesome, Stephanie, I would love to join you, but I'm listening to this in December, and that's definitely after the doors have closed. You're right, but that's totally okay. If this sounds like it's right up your alley, head to the website anyway, and you can put your name on the waiting list, and that way you will be the very first to know next time doors open up. So again, the website is loveyoursinglelife.com, and I cannot wait to share this with you. Whew, okay, now that we got that out of the way, here's my conversation with Carly. All right. Hey friends. I am so excited for what we have going on today. I'm sitting here with my sweet friend Carly, um, and you are just going to love her. I'm, I'm so excited for you to meet her. Um, we are hanging out at my actual house, having an actual girl's night. We're not currently eating pizza or really anything, but we're about to. Yes. So I think it's like just absolutely pure, authentic girl's night, which I love. Um, so, Carly, before we get into anything, um, can you give us a little introduction? Tell us who you are, what you do, um, and then also, I'm putting everyone on the spot this season and asking them for a fun fact, and I get how hard that is, but I've given you some time to think about it, so. Which I appreciate. Yes. Deeply. Yes. I'm a friend. I'm a friend. A good one. Um, my name is Carly Kellerman. I am... Okay, weird. I seriously was like... In my head hearing, hi, I'm Carly Crixton. Yeah. So Carly got married almost exactly a year ago, yep. and I'm not
1: used to it. So, all right, continue. It's still a thing. We still get voicemails from friends who leave voicemails for the first time after the wedding, and there's that squeal of, Carly Kellerman! <laughs> and it's like, yeah, it's uh, yeah, that's it. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, my name is Carly Kellerman. I am an associate acquisitions editor for HarperCollins Christian Publishing. Um, so that means I get to talk to writers and come up with ideas um, for the most part, that's that's that, those are the high points at least. <laughs> and uh fun fact about myself is I not so secretly wish that I could be a food blogger. I try so hard with the Instagram and it's just not that's not my spiritual gift, I don't think, but food is my love language, so that's what I need in my life.
0: Food and hosting and um writing are Carly's spiritual gifts. So maybe if we just like send a photographer to her house and like a stylist or that would help. Yeah, you would be amazing. I mean, Carly and I not I mean, I don't know, maybe this is a secret. I'm like, you know, blowing your cover right now, but Carly for a long time had a big thing for Reed Drummond, right? Yes, Pioneer Women. Yes. And I don't know if that's still a thing, but you have recommended some amazing cook cookbooks to me. One of the best ones, Smitten Kitchen. Oh, like there is not a fail in Smitten Kitchen. No, okay. And so I actually, truth be told, haven't made more than one recipe. In the- no, no, yeah. no, maybe two. Uh no, I think probably just one. Um, mm-hmm. Because I'm more of like a food peruser. I'm sure. a food fan. Sure. In my head, I think I'm a great cook and I think I want to be a great cook. Mostly, I just like other people to cook for me mm-hmm. and read about food. But anyway, um, I, there's, there's a recipe in Smitten Kitchen. It's the bourbon ball one. Or the Yeah, peach. the peach. It, was it a peach or a pear?
1: It's a peach. Okay, yes. Made you can this for me. you also and do it a peach.
0: It's like, okay, so yes, I remember this. It's I a showstopper. Re- it's a showstopper. And I remember having you over to my house and I managed to make dinner without burning anything down. And I made those like peach bourbon yeah. ball things. You like cut a peach in half and put like butter and sugar, brown sugar and stuff in it. And then you wrap it in dough. It's the best thing ever. And I mean, the second I heard Carly like food moan a little, like, <laughs> oh, like I just, I, I won that day. Oh, like yeah. I was the
1: winner, especially because you're so good at this. Well, and I think that... I was the winner there, which is the true testament to a good meal. There it is. It is. There it is. Um, Chrissy Teigen's cookbook, Cravings, is everything.
0: You made me really
1: great, um, what's it called? Lettuce Lettuce wraps. wraps, Yeah. So good. That one's really good. Danielle Walker's Celebration. Now that's all paleo, gluten-free, et cetera, et cetera, but you would never know it. It's so delicious. Everything is so good. And then my two favorite food bloggers, real quick, give me some oven. Yes. Allie Ebright. uh, she just got married. Allie what is it now? Martin. Martin. Allie Martin. Well done. Well done. And uh it's like her her barbacoa recipe. Her salsa recipe, I think, is twelve percent of the reason why Jesse proposed to me. So Done. So she's awesome. And then Pinch of Yum, um, by Bjorn and Lindsay Momstrom, I think. Okay. They they have great recipes too, so Always my my genuine life question is no, but seriously, what are we eating for dinner? So
0: uh you ask that with excitement. I asked at breakfast. Like (laughs) I I would ask that for with excitement if someone else was cooking for me. But I swear by the end of the day, I said this yesterday, I was like, why don't we still live with our moms? Like I just don't understand why why one either me or Carl is responsible for making dinner at the end of the day. I just am so confused and it's just a surprise. Uh, like an unwelcome surprise that we have to eat every day. (laughs) I'm just so confused. Why isn't someone here to cook for us? Um, Which makes me sound so lazy, but that's fine. Um, Okay, so I love that fun fact, Car. And I'm so glad you guys get to meet her because Carly is one of my closest friends, one of my favorite people. Um, We've actually been friends for, I think, six years now. It's possible. Yeah, Do some no, that's math? true. Is it six? It's six. Okay, so the reason that Carly and I met was because we did a mission trip called the World Race together, mm-hmm. um, where we went to 11 countries in 11 months, which is funny if you know us because <laughs> one, we did great. Two,
1: we're we would, not like camping people. No, like, we would definitely be voted least likely to rough it yes. if given, if left to our own devices. Yes. Like I think camping is the holiday inn. You know?
0: Yeah. 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 Um. I. Yes. Absolutely. And so. Um. But we did it, and we were great at it. We thrived. I would say. Mm -hmm. Um. But I feel like part of the reason, maybe that was part of the reason we bonded at first because we met at. Um. So like maybe a month before you go, you go to this training camp thing where it's basically like adult summer camp in the woods where you are learning about like all the things you kind of need to know before you go. It. I mean it is. And car can you um like talk about our first sleepover. Like I think that yeah. was that was the beginning of our friendship. Yeah.
1: So one night in preparation um, and to help us train our expectation levels for the inevitable lost luggage situation, they had everybody put their gear and their packs on two different tarps, and then they just hauled the tarp away. And they didn't <laughs> tell
0: you why either. They're just like, no, okay, put the choosers here. Yeah. And then yeah. one of the
1: tarps got taken away. Yeah, exactly. Right. So, so my... My luggage was taken. Luggage, I use the term loosely. Um, <laughs> Basically everything <laughs> my you backpack. had. And and Stephanie's wasn't. So I turned and I was like, can I bunk with you? And she was like, yeah, I have a really fluffy bed pad. And I have a unicorn pillow pet. And was a bright a pink. It was a hippo. It was a hippo pillow pet. And yes. in her defense, she brought it with her on the trip. And I was so bitter. I did not bring my pillow pet moose, Patagonia, like every time I saw Rainbow Blessings, or what was his name? Henry. Someone else had Rainbow Blessings. Mine
0: was Henry the hippo. But it was really
1: comfy to sleep on. It was actually great, so highly recommend. So anyway, all that to say, we crammed into a little two-person tent together, and it was just one of the sweetest, like, I'm Carly. These are my dreams. What are yours? And Stephanie's like, I have these dreams. And she told me about the Lipstick Gospel that very night. I told her about Shawna Nyquist and Cold Tangerines, and... We, it was definitely one of those stepbrothers moments where it was like, did we just become best friends? We totally yep. did.
0: So. We totally did. It was the best. Um, and it turns out that exercise was really great for me and two other girls because on our very first leg of the trip, yeah. flying from New York to we, we had a layover in Poland, but it was on that leg. We're going to Romania. Um, my luggage was lost. And so everything that I had spent like six months meticulously packing <laughs> was lost all in the span of a 12 hour flight. Yeah, and yeah. And so for two weeks, one, I didn't know I was going to get any of it back. Um, I did, but it was about two weeks. So for those two weeks, I made great friends with everyone who's with me because they had to loan me like, Everything but underwear, which I had geniusly, that's not a word, but we're going with it, geniusly packed in my day pack. So I had underwear. But All of l- it? Uh, enough enough. Of it. All right. <laughs> <laughs> enough. There was lots of laundry done, but yeah. yes, absolutely. All right. All right. Um, so that's how Carly and I became friends. Really glad we talked about that. Mm-hmm. Um, but the other thing, Carly, that I don't think you know, because I don't know if I've told you this, is that you and our other friend Casey are actually the reason that I'm doing this podcast. Really? Did you not? I didn't tell you that. So no, what do you, why, how? Okay, so um, about, I have no idea how long ago, we'll say maybe maybe a year maybe a year ago um Carl was out of town and Carly and Casey came over for like a g- like good old-fashioned sleepover oh it was epic it was epic it was one of the best nights I think we like were in our comfy pants like before you could even like before the door was even closed like before all of us the pizza got there before we were the, already in pajamas and the pizza was ordered well before you guys got there so and yes. he <laughs> delivered more than three girls should be able to eat on their own uh so it was it was epic and so really that whole night we just talked about like stupid things and fun things and re- and serious things and i just feel like we got to really that night felt like like a little slice of the best of friendship mm-hmm. um where we dreamed about like dreamed big dreams together and we like cried together. And we talked about the hard things and the best things. And I feel like we all walked, I know I walked away from that night yeah. better at my job, better, like more confident in my skin, knowing God better, a better wife. Mm. Like, I mean, just more certain of my life. Like, and and it was just, we were hanging out as girlfriends. And when I think about my little corner of the internet and I think about this space, I think about that night because one, I wish everyone was just at our house right now in yoga pants, eating pizza. That'd be and totally natural. It would be yeah. so the best. <laughs> um, maybe a little crowded, yeah, but no, it's, worth it's it. Um, and so really, I mean, this podcast to me is the is the next best thing. And so mm-hmm. really when I think about what I, the kind of space I want this to be, I want it to be that kind of space where we talk about like, you know, recipes or, or, you know, where to find the best pair of jeans or, I mean, just anything we talk about as women, but also like the really important stuff yeah. and where we walk through it together. And so anytime, like really in, in thinking about this podcast and dreaming it up. My whole heart was to make it as much like that night as possible. Oh my gosh. I love that. So, I think that's beautiful. It's a beautiful vision. So I was surprised. It was a really special night. It was really special. And I'm so glad you're here. So, okay. So one of the other things that's really fun is that Carly is, was one of the bonus video guests for my course, Make the Most Your Single Life, um, which actually opens today and is open this week. Um, but it was so much fun because Carly came on and talked to us about online dating and dating in general, like really debunking a lot of our fears and myths and misconceptions. And it was so much fun. And I constantly get feedback that that was like one of everyone's favorite videos because you're just so much fun. <laughs> I'm so popular. You're so popular. Um, and so we're going to talk more about the course just because, um, because really like you guys are about to get to hear kind of the heart of the whole thing. Yeah. Um, but Kind of the fact that it was opening today, that's why I wanted to have this conversation with Carly, because I know that we have really similar hearts for what it looks like to really make the most of your single life. Yeah. So what we're going to be talking about is like, um, we're going to each be sharing three of the things that we are so happy we did before we got married. So like three of the ways that we really did that, that we really made the most of our single lives. Um, but before we get there, I know that you have a really special empathy for how hard
1: being single can be. Mm-hmm. Can you kind of talk about that in your life a little bit? Yeah. Where I'm from in Michigan, it's a pretty tight-knit, conservative community. Um, nothing nothing terribly out of the ordinary or anything, but I mean, we're on our third generation friends from church kind of level, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Um, and so as a result of that, the vast majority, I mean, I don't know if it was the result of that specifically or just sort of the way the cards fell, but regardless, um, looking at The majority of my high school girlfriends, who I'm still in touch with, they all married their high school boyfriends um, before college was over, in most cases. And then my college girlfriends, all of them ended up marrying college boyfriends, um, mostly within a year or two of graduation and in no way, shape, or form do I have any resentment or I'm not disparaging young marriages or young relationships. I'm a product of one. My best friends all have beautiful, loving husbands who in strong relationships with the Lord and each other that I deeply respect and admire. Um, that just wasn't my story. And so it felt, um, it got to the point where it was super isolating, you know, it just felt like by no fault of my own. Um... This wasn't happening in the timeline that I always expected it to. I remember having um, a conversation with one of my best friends in college and I, I was like, okay, so at what point in your life, if you're still single, are you just going to be like pissed? <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. Okay. And that was, what was the age? Um, I think we said 26. But, but then it was sort of like, I mean, 26, I guess to sound like faithful, but like really 24, like if I don't at Mm -hmm. least have a plan at 24, the world is falling around my very ears. So that's just kind of the position I was in. And like I said, it wasn't, that wasn't my story. Um, and so being single with people who were all married, um, who only knew married people, it was, it was challenging. It felt really isolating, like I said, and, um, it also, because so many people got young, I'm sorry, got married so young. Um, it felt like sort of the rite of passage into adulthood. Right. And so by being single longer, I felt in this weird prolonged adolescence of some sort, even though I was financially independent and living on my own in a different city than my parents. Um, I, I just felt like everyone looked at me and thought something was missing in my maturity level or like, like getting a husband was a sign that you had made it spiritually in some way. And therefore I hadn't. And, you know, in retrospect, I doubt, I highly doubt anybody was looking at me and thinking that. And if they were, that's their problem, quite frankly. Yep. Um, but there was just a lot of pressure that I added to <laughs> and it was really hard.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, so kind of in that, you know, I mentioned that you've been married for about a year. Mm-hmm. Can you tell us just a little bit about Jesse? Um, and, um, how, like, well, I don't know if I want you to spoil how you guys met, but just tell us, tell us a little bit, a little bit about Jesse and about marriage so far. Yeah. Well,
1: so I moved from Michigan down to Nashville and I just knew I needed a, a, a new spot, right? Like I had really run life out <laughs> up in Grand Rapids and, It was just to the point where it was like, I was spinning my wheels professionally, relationally. I just, I needed a shift. And so Nashville was that and immensely more. It was just one of the greatest gifts and love stories of my life. Like the Lord was so, so faithful. Oh, it just, it's, it's just my favorite story. And so when I got here, I was like, okay, I have been like hitting my head against brick walls, trying to make things work in relationships. And I'm just going to chill oh, like, I'm gonna just take a chill pill. Okay. And I had been through all the online dating up north and was like, "Mm -mm, not for me. And so I made it about, what would you say? Like three weeks? Maybe. Not even probably like 10 days. Okay. And the girl I moved in with talked to me about this dating app, um, that was like, uh, Tinder, but not, it was called Hinge. And, I was like, oh, that sounds interesting. And it was sort of one of those things where I was like, no, I'm not going to do it. I came here to like take a break. And I'm like, whatever. I'm an adult and I know myself. Here we go. And so um, and I ended up meeting Jesse like a month after I moved down to Nashville. And it, and again, it felt like one of those things where I'm just trying to think of it from how people are looking at me and what they're thinking about. And do they think that I just snatched up the first chance I had? And I was like, look, I got one. <laughs> you know, <laughs> Because that is not remotely how that went. But no. anyway... Um, yeah, so we ended up meeting really early um in my time here, and I think that really contributes to why I call my time in Nashville a love story, because really it was just the Lord's faithfulness to me um in this new season, in this new city, and meeting this man who just far exceeds and surpasses um just all of the things. He's so wonderful, he's such a servant, he's adorable and like the sweetest, he's all the sugar, I'm all the salt. And, and, but every time, every once in a while, he's got this like sassy zinger that just kills me dead. Um, and you know, he's a nerd and he moves slower than I do. And there are lots of things where I'm like, okay, the Lord is testing me. (laughs) But like, for the most part, he's exactly who I choose. He's my best friend. And marriage has been really fun. Um, that honestly, I think that if I had stepped into marriage the time when I felt entitled to it, it would have just been a given and I would have really missed the gift in all of it. Um, and so because both of us were closer to 30 than 20 when we got married, um, we just haven't taken any of it for granted. You know, I mean, even just coming home and having all of our stuff in the same place and getting to live together and share that space and... um wake up next to him every day and, and just have our rhythm, you know, to be that unit and to have, um, a partner, you know, having a husband's great. Having a partner is wonderful. And so I'm so aware of the gift he's giving me when he washes the dishes after dinner or, um, takes care of all of the car junk or whatever, you know? So it's been really good. I feel like I'm, like I'm ooey gooey still. I love that. Well, I feel ooey gooey too. And it's <laughs> been like Three years.
0: Carl and I were trying to figure out... So we've been married for three years, and we were trying to figure out how long we've actually been together. And yeah. we've been together, like... Now I have to feel like... I feel like I have to count again. But, like, coming on five years, I yeah. think, yeah. which is crazy to me. Like, that is so much longer than I dated anybody else. And oh, also, yeah. I, like... When I realized that, I looked at him and was like, I do not feel like it's been that long. No, like, I know. I I still... Like, he comes home from work, and I'm like
1: like... Like I'm just I know. the giddiest. I, I don't know what this says about me as a person, but I kind of keep waiting for the other shoe to drop. You know, yeah. Totally. <laughs> like, totally. like every once in a while, I do like this self check where I'm like, "We're all good. We're all good. We're all good." Wow, yes. cool. It's been really fun. I think the longest I dated anyone before Jesse was like, mm, I had like a three month threshold. That's amazing. So now that we've been together for well over two years, I'm like, this is like four times my longest relationship. That's crazy. That's cr- It's crazy. Yeah, absolutely. So. Um, I feel like I-, I totally get you in
0: the other shoe dropping thing. And I think like... I guess now I'm hesitant to even start talking about this because I know that inevitably someone who's been married for like 30 years is going to send me an email and be like, you don't know anything. So anyway, that's okay. We know. We we know. Yeah. We are (laughs) so aware that we don't know anything. Disclaimer. Uh Uh-huh. Yes. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Disclaimer. We're so, yeah, we're totally aware. Um, but from, you know, three years into our marriage and, and five years into our relationship, um, I think that, you know, in every way we can, I think that Carla and I, and we talk about this a lot, we've decided that, People talk about the honeymoon stage a lot, and I know that different parts of life throw Mm -hmm. different things at you, and um, that sometimes life is not that fun, and as a result, sometimes marriage isn't that fun, and sometimes marriage isn't fun because you're two humans that have connected yourselves to each other. Right. But I think that... I think people say that thing about, like, waiting until the honeymoon phase is over or whatever, and I think that just with everything we have, we've just decided that's not a real thing. Yeah. Because... Five years in, like like I am absolutely more head over heels for him than I have ever been in my life, yeah, absolutely, and I just I think that that's like the goal, you know is for it to get better, not get worse, and yeah, so that's my goal, yeah, absolutely, I love cool. it, so I love that you said that the fact that you guys didn't get married until like closer to thirty than closer to twenty made you appreciate it more, yeah, and I know for me, like if I had gotten married when I felt entitled to, which was like totally way younger than it actually happened. I think my marriage would have been a mess, right? Like an absolute (laughs) mess. Um, I, I felt like, um, and it's nothing about the age necessarily. I think that's why it's so beautiful that God has our stories Mm -hmm. to be like, so woven so differently that it's not necessarily about the age. It's about where you are and who you are and what you need and what he has prepared for you. And I know that, um, I know that for me, like, same being single is really hard. And a lot of times it felt like sitting in the waiting room for like the party or something, or, um, it felt like, um, I I think it was part of what's so frustrating about it is that there's no deadline that you can see. Right. And it's so out of your hands. Like, I mean, and, and and part of that's not true. Like part of it is you do have more say in it than, than sometimes I think we imagine. And, um, we can talk about that. We'll definitely talk about that a little bit. And, and that's something you talk about a lot in, in the course. Um, so we do have some say, like we have some things we can do to set us up for it. Well, but in some ways you don't really know when this is going to happen. It's sort of this like, um, intangible thing there's sort of a deadline. It's it's like running a race and you don't know how far away. Yeah. It's like finish a fire line
1: drill. Is. Yes. Like, you know, it's going to happen sometime on Tuesday, but you never know when. Yes. And so yeah. you're
0: always kind of like on edge and it feels like it's taking forever. And so I think that somewhere along the line in my single life, um, I think I had just kind of a moment of clarity where I Realized that this season of my life, however long it lasts, mm-hmm. is in a really important season of my whole life. Yeah. Like, regardless of when I get married, you know, when I was single, I was, you know, in my teens, obviously, and 20s. And I kind of had, you know, that moment of clarity to realize this is a really important formative time of my life. Yeah. Also, a really fun one, or it oh, can yeah. be. And I think that sometimes, like, Sometimes i I know for me like I could get so caught up in waiting for what I didn't have that I stopped looking at what I did have mm-hmm. and so kind of in that moment of clarity, and there were lots of you know mixed up moments of you know eating ice cream and wondering when this was gonna happen for me for sure. but I think that i I decided that with everything I had and as much as I could, I wanted to make the very most of the season for however mm-hmm. long it lasted. part of it because m- missing your twenties. Sucks. Like that is the saddest thing because this is, it is such a formative time of your career and your faith and your friendships and t- such a time for adventure. And I mean, there are just so many things that get formed in us yeah. when we're in our twenties. But I think I also somehow could see a little bit like, um, just a, a, like a tiny faint, faint image in the distance of the idea that if I really made the most of this season, it not only would it make my life better, you know, cause when, when I would look back at my twenties, I would know I really made the most of it. But I think I could also see that if I really dug in, in this season, that it would make my life, it would, it would probably, I was thinking set me up to meet someone really great. Yeah. And to be in a good place, to be in a healthy relationship. Once I got there, I kind of thought that if I made the most of my single life, it would make me I I hesitate to say this because it sounds weird, but like more attractive,
1: like totally it like come time. Well, because you would be more self-assured and interesting and well-rounded. I mean, all of those things that grow you as an individual, I think invite others in more and more. And so you're attractive to everybody, not just the potential boyfriend slash future husband, but New girlfriends and opportunities, work-related, volunteer related, um, mentor-related. I mean, there are so many, there are so many pieces to that. And I remember thinking something similar um in one of those wallowy, like, I'm doomed kind of moments. Yes. Thinking, you know, okay, so three years ago, this is where I was in life. And it's so wildly different than where I am right now. And so I would imagine then that three years from now given this trajectory, things are going to be wildly different again. And so if that includes a partner at that time, then three years more of being single compared to the rest of my life of being married, it's nothing. It's a drop in the bucket, you know? And so like, what if I don't get married until I'm 30 or 35? Well, then I hope you didn't sit around waiting because there's so much to see and do and experience and it can be weird and awkward and sad sometimes, on your own, but it's overwhelmingly good.
0: Yes, absolutely. And I think that the other thing is like in talking about how, how really good our marriages, our marriages are, um, you know, from again, like we're very, we're totally the beginning, but that's okay. Like just a little babes. Yeah. We're able to, you know, speak about the beginning because that's where we are. But (laughs) so, I mean, the beginning has been so good in our, and I think both of our transitions into marriage have been really good. And I credit so much of that to the work that we each did Mm -hmm. in our single lives and also our husbands. Like I know that if I married Carl earlier, like he totally wouldn't be who he is now. Oh no. yeah.
1: If, if Jesse and I had met in high school, we laugh all the time because it's like, um, LOL. No, <laughs> like, absolutely. that wouldn't have worked.
0: Absolutely. Um, so I, um, I, I, when I think about if Carl and I had met in college, I mean, it's like debaucherous. And also I think, I think that I probably like I can picture myself like sitting in my sorority house, like waiting for him to
1: call and him not calling. Like I
0: think that that totally...
1: I feel like it would have been so fun. It would have been like a solar flare that had absolutely no chance of lasting more than 30 seconds.
0: Yes. Yeah. That is so it. Yeah. We would have like totally hit it off for, yeah, about 30 seconds and then just both been too much of a mess to make a relationship work. You know, so praise God for the twenties. I know. Exactly. (laughs) Well, so, and so that's really what I want to talk about is just, um, I think that when we make the most of our single lives, we're living our lives to the absolute full. We get one, we get one life. And Mm -hmm. so why wouldn't we want, no matter what the circumstances are, why wouldn't we want to make the most of it? Two, like um, it sets us up so much better to meet someone really great and Mm -hmm. be in a great place when we're there and be so so captivating by like when that happens and it sets us up well for a really great marriage and just a really great life. And so I want to talk about just the three, you know, we each kind of brought our little things, um, that we're happy that we did while we were, um, while we were single. And I'm really excited to talk through them because the things that we did in our lives, the thing I love about this is that the things that have really set us up well for success are totally repeatable.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh yeah,
0: absolutely. So, um, Carly, your first one, um, is that
1: you traveled, um, Traveling the world was something I always, always dreamed of, but it just never seemed attainable in real life. And so the world race gave us an opportunity to step out of that zone and out of responsibility for a whole year and and get to pursue that passion. But I think it's so important to know that when we say – Traveling, we're saying passion and not just some big grand trip abroad. Like one of the things I started doing in that season, right before we left for the world race, actually, I had like zero dollars. <laughs> I had just graduated college. I was working as a cashier and trying to save money um, as much as I could so that I could do fun extracurriculars when we were abroad. And so one of my best friends and her boyfriend at the time, now husband, who I just adore, they lived in Cincinnati and they said, Listen, get yourself down here. And we'll take care of everything for the weekend and just come hang out. And I was driving this 1998 Park Ave, this big maroon Buick. And his name was Marvin Richard. And I loved Marvin Richard. And he just like sucked down the gas. I mean, it was kind of a problem. So it was like not an inexpensive journey, we'll say. Um, relatively speaking, but I got down there and it was so fun. We had so much fun. We just walked around a farmer's market and we went and made dinner together and we ended up going and seeing Captain America, the first Avenger. Okay. Listen, Marvel movies are like a big deal to me, which... Um, I love them, and so we there was and the only reason we went and saw it because I didn't know I loved them yet. The only reason we went and saw that one was because there was no nothing else good playing, and so we had some time to kill, so we went to a bar, had a drink, and then went to see this movie and It was so fun, and so that has started a tradition now where every time a new Marvel movie is released, Jake and Alyssa and me and now Jesse traveled to either Cincinnati or Grand Rapids or Nashville or wherever the other is, we make a whole weekend of it. And we see the movie at some point, and we always go to the bar and have a drink beforehand. But it's just this way of investing in new people, getting to new, new, no new areas. And it's, it doesn't have to be big or expensive. It's a weekend trip to Cincinnati for the love, you know? <laughs> totally. And so I just, I just think it's so special and important to say like, what is my passion? How, how do I make this a reality in this season? And the reality is, is my passion is people. It's always been people. And so doing what you can to get to the place to be with the person it's worth it. And I think it just makes you a stronger friend. Um, I think it makes the relationship stronger. It teaches you how to invest and how to sacrifice for the people that you love, all of which are skills that are beyond important for life with a husband, with with babies eventually, I would assume. <laughs> um so yeah, yeah, we, we tend to think of travel with a big capital T and think it requires a passport, and an expensive plane ticket, and a month off. And it doesn't have to. If it does more power to you. Amazing. But if it's just trying a new restaurant with a friend who's in town or taking a class or starting the blog or whatever it might be, um now's the time to do it because, because it's okay to be a beginner. Yep,
0: absolutely. I know. Um Carly is looking at the little sticky note I have for the podcast. Um it's been on my little microphone this whole time and it says it's okay to be a beginner. I completely agree. And I really like travel was really big for me too. Um I am I feel like I will sacrifice everything and absolutely everything for big capital T travel. I just love it. And um, I think for me, like in the years when I was single, I had zero money, but I also had a lot of freedom. And so Mm -hmm. I was able to sort of wiggle out different ways of traveling. And one of those was really missions because it's a wonderful way of getting to kind of crowdfund travel, which honestly, which, and and let me say this about that. It's not, um, not that you're trying to have your family and friends like fund your travel, but more just that if, if people are going to, to donate to different causes, like them donating to you. So you can actually be the ones feeding kids or teaching English or whatever, I think is a beautiful thing. And so, um, I know for me, like travel of all kinds, weekends, trips with friends, Mm -hmm. um, which we'll talk more about friends in a minute, but, um, travel was an awesome way to get out of my comfort zone. And you're right. Like when we're not in our bubble, we get to see God so much clearer. Like we, it's, it's a time, like a retreat to, to learn a lot about ourselves and learn a lot about our faith and, um, and to see the world. And, and just really when you, um, when you're, not attached to someone you're, I mean, just by definition, a little bit more nimble, you know? Um, so I think my second one, um, the thing, that another thing I'm really happy I did was that I really spent some time dealing with my baggage, mm-hmm. um, when I was single and Carly, um, the, the beautiful thing about having Carly here is that she was present for a lot of that. Um, and a lot of it happened while I was on the world race, because again, being stepping outside of life for a little while was really, really good for me, but also a lot of baggage dealing (laughs) helped, or I mean, happened throughout, throughout my whole time of being single, but I know for me, something that was a real struggle for years and years and years was insecurity, Mm -hmm. um, was fear of rejection, was, um, yeah, just insecurity in every single part, not feeling worthy of love, not feeling good enough. um, and, And that really seeped into all of my relationships, friendships for sure, but especially in romantic relationships. And when I look back at so many of my relationships along the way, I can see that while they didn't work out for a great many reasons. a a large part that I played in it because, you know, it's always, it's a tango. It's, you know, there's each person brings, you know, things to the table and and it doesn't work for a million different reasons. But a lot of the things I brought to the table, um, a lot of the, the, the hard things that I brought was, was insecurity. Um, and it was fear that the person was going to leave or, um, worry about, you know, How they felt about like I just never felt like I could be secure in the relationship, and it caused a lot of strain on them, along with a lot of strain on my heart and a Mm -hmm. lot of insecurity. I feel like stole so much joy from me and so much love from me and so much, um. You know when you're when you're really struggling with insecurity deeply, it's really hard to pursue anything. You know any of the like the call that God has on your life. Like I mean, you can't. There's so many things you can't do. And so one of the things I really wanted to work through was my insecurity. And I mean, it was a combination of lots of time with girlfriends, lots of time by myself, lots of time with the Lord, um, lots of refining experiences, lots of therapy, honestly. Yeah. And, um, Same. I'm so glad that I worked through those things because I am able to give and receive love so freely in my marriage Mm. in a way that I would not have been able to, if I hadn't taken the time to deal with that. That is so Um, good. And then there's, I I wish I could remember what it's called. It's actually in the course we talk about this, um, but I can't remember what the exact term is, but it's, it's this idea that, um, that like attracts like, and it really does. It's, it's like scientific, um, in, in relationships. And so the healthier we are, the healthier people we attract. So the healthier we are, healthier person we're going to find, yeah. and the healthier healthier our relationship is going to be. And so really taking the time to get healthy in my heart and my soul was was just so key in my single life and really has has set Carl and I up for marriage
1: in a way I just I'm so grateful for it. Yeah, absolutely. No, and that was that was such a beautiful process to be um witness to, you know, because you just you grew as this person in all of this confidence and authority over who you are. I I will never forget when I told you in, where were we, Vietnam? Yes. Um, And you were really, you were feeling all of these things, and I just said stuff, but feelings aren't always true. And you sat up in the bed in the hostel, and you closed your eyes, and you put your hands out in front of you like you were feeling for a light switch, and you go, wait, say that again, slower. (laughs) (laughs) And it was... You know, I, I went too far to, to part of the other extreme where I don't trust my feelings. My feelings are, um, like just today, I was, I'm, I'm, there's some conflicts at work and my feeling, I'm really hurt by somebody I consider a friend. And I just find myself praying like, God, I want to be like you. I want to be mature. I don't want this to bother me. Therefore, like, I don't want to feel these things. And that's not a healthy approach to relationships because he literally once was like, babe, but but I gave you those, (laughs) but take them back. Um, but yeah, just figuring out the role that feelings play, like you're feeling confident or you're feeling insecure, but you look the exact same. So what, what does that actually mean for how you're feeling and how you manage conflict and how you resolve issues and, and all of these things. And I, I think that's, I think that's awesome. I think that's something that I had to work through before I got married was, um, I'm a very image-driven person. If you know the Enneagram, I am a three-wing two title The Charmer, and I take it to heart. I love it. Um, but what that what that means is this there's this element of needing to appear the ideal of whatever the culture is that I'm in, right? So even though I had traveled the world, even though I had a career, the culture I was in seemed to value being married with babies, and that was the ideal, and I wasn't the ideal, and so no matter how successful or happy I was, I was always eating away at me, you know, which strained dating relationships too. Because when you take somebody by the shoulders on the first date and shake them really hard and be like, are you my husband? If not move along, like not a great starting point. you know. I never literally did that, but there was that level of pressure that we were creating, you know, it's really hard to date under that kind of pressure. Yeah. It's not fun. So, um, moving, once again, I feel like I just felt everything relax a little bit and say, like we said, the world is so big, we're going to be okay. And there's time and there's space to figure this out. And, and I think it just was much more conducive to actually being in a healthy place to meet a healthy person. Oh, I love that.
0: Um, okay. So your third one, and you've talked about this a little bit, but I'm excited to hear just a little bit more from you on it. Um, the third thing that you're, well, I guess, the second thing, yeah, (laughs) um, third thing in our list, but it's the second thing um, that you're really happy you did while you were single is that you struck out on your own.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So when, when we got back from the world race, I'll never forget my, one of my best friends, Amanda moved back to Colorado to be with her family and she's a registered nurse and thought, I'll just, I'll get a nursing job out there and figure my next move out after that. Well, it just wasn't working. She wasn't getting the types of jobs that she was looking for. The hospitals were really tight to get into. And so she ended up being a barista at Starbucks. She's an actual registered nurse and she was working at Starbucks and she loved it. She's got the best attitude in the world, but still she wanted to be a nurse. She's so passionate about helping people and caring. And so after a year, after a year of not seeing her, I I was just done. And I called her and I said, Listen, Mundo, there is a hospital walking distance from my apartment. The cost of living here is dirt cheap and there are lots of tall boys who love Jesus. So come on over and get you some. And she did. She moved from Colorado to Grand Rapids, Michigan to live with me and it was so fun. It was just silly. But here's the other thing. I watched as this new level of confidence and maturity and this deepened faith just blossomed in Amanda. And And in ways that, like, by being a little bit distant from everything that she already knew and loved, she was able to really step into the best parts of her and work really hard to say, this is who I am and this is not who I am. This is a product of my raising versus what I want for my actual life. These are the good pieces of my family that I love and respect and I cannot wait to implement forever. And she had enough distance and space to make those choices and to really put together the most healthy, holy version of herself. And I just remember thinking, I can't do that here. (laughs) Everybody is here. Like I need, I need that space. And so ever since, ever since I saw her do that and just saw that level of independence, I was like that, I want that. And so, you know, I was, I was in kind of a spot in the last season of Grand Rapids where, like I said, work stuff was kind of hitting a brick wall, relationship, Stuff was hitting a brick wall and an opportunity opened up in Nashville. And it just seemed like the Lord was really moving in that direction. Steph and Carl had randomly moved here a couple months before. And and so I knew that there was at least a place to land and I had a job lined up. And so I took the leap and it is so exquisitely beautiful and so exquisitely hard. Like I am deeply invested in my family's life back in Michigan. I have the most gorgeous nephews you will literally ever see. And I can't, there aren't words to describe how much I hate being away from them, but how deeply good this is and how much I love being here in Nashville. So it's kind of a challenging dichotomy, but, um, it was so important. It was so important. And I think too, it was really important for me and Jesse to be able to lay the foundation of our relationship and our marriage in a place where we have space from both families. You know, no family is perfect, not mine, not his. And I think that, um being really close to everybody would sway me, especially as, like I said, I know that I struggle with needing to fit this ideal. And so it's been really healthy for me to learn to be Jesse's wife. Well, Carly first daughter, of the Lord, Jesse's wife in a space where I had space.
0: I love that. I think that's so good. Um, Okay, so my next one is that I'm so happy that I took time in my single life to invest in my friendships. Mm-hmm. Um one thing about it is that we have more time to invest in our friendships when we're single. Um you and Amanda got to live together. You can't well, I mean, you maybe you can, but I mean, you know, there's all kinds We're going to find a way. <laughs> yes. <laughs> there's all kinds of, you know, making a commune with all of our friends like yeah, I'm, let's do I'm it. So down sign for that. me up. Yes. Um but you just you really have more time and more space um to to connect with your girlfriends when you're not married. It really just, it does kind of split your attention. And so that aside, um, because obviously like friendships are so worth investing in at any stage and you can absolutely still have best friends and sleepovers as we've proved, um, once you're married, but, um, it's just a really great time of getting to live with your friends or invest in your friends or spend all of your time becoming family with your friends. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think that that's really huge for a couple of reasons. One, it makes our single lives so much more fun. Um, you and I, I feel like had the time of our lives as we were traveling. Oh, yeah, We, I mean, th- we have so many like hilarious things that happened and hard things that happened and, and wonderful things. I mean, just things that like just make, have colored in these, this, you know, decade of our life. Mm-hmm. Um, they got to um, meet Michelle in the last podcast. Um, really? Yes. It's the best. I'll tell you about it. Um, so Michelle is our last guest, yes. and they got to hear some of the adventures that Michelle and I went on together. Yeah. And there were so many. Um, <laughs> so much fun. So it makes it more fun. Um, but also, it... Um, it... Having really, really great friends and, and really investing in our friends helps us learn how to be in relationships with people. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, it helps us um I mean, you guys know that this is one of the cornerstones of my life that our girlfriends make us better. Mm-hmm. You know, like my girlfriends, you included, have have made me who I am in so many ways and actually um you'll remember this at our rehearsal dinner um Carl and I wanted to take some time to really recognize our wedding party and thank them for um who they have been in our lives and the impact that they've had on us and wanted to just introduce them to everybody. Well, at the end, I think it was at the end, I don't know, I was crying too hard to really remember <laughs> the order of things, but um Carl got up and he made a toast or gave a toast to my girlfriends, to all my bridesmaids and he One, throwing him under the bus here, but Carl's not a huge crier. Like He does cry every once in a while, but he's not a huge crier. He cried harder that day than I've ever seen him cry (sighs) as he gave a toast to you guys and just stood up in front of everybody, his family, my family, everybody, crying. Um, He was standing in front of like his fraternity brothers. I mean, just everybody crying as he thanked my girlfriends for making me who I am. Um, you guys have walked with me and picked me up and encouraged me and cheered me on and showed me things about myself that I never could have known otherwise and really like helped me become the woman I really believe that God created me to be. Mm-hmm. And and I just wouldn't have been that without you guys. And so Carl just stood up there the day before we got married and just thanked you guys. And we were absolutely crying a thousand times harder than he was. <laughs> At least <Yeah>. I was. <laughs> um, but really I think that our, our lives are so much better. We we walk Further and faster, and it's more fun when we walk together as women. Yeah, and I think our single lives are the perfect time to invest in those friendships, and and our marriages are even better because of them. Like I'm a far better wife because I get to be a wife alongside my my girlfriends yeah. who help me do it better.
1: Yeah, I think plus you get to know. Um, like you, I like how you said it's a good it's good practice for being in a relationship. You know, you learn to deal with people that you know you love, but you just really don't like right now all the time. You know, on the less glossy side of it, and and I remember, too, you know, I dated a lot when I was single, but I was so just free-spirited and goofy with my best friend, Girl Jesse and my best friend, Amanda, and we all lived together. Girl Jesse was my best friend in college, and she used to just be Jesse, And then I married a Jessie, and now she has become Girl Jesse. Yes. Um, anyway, my sister, my brother-in-law, like this community that we had up there um was so fun and i realized i was never like that around the guys i dated and i remember amanda saying oh my gosh when you're with the right person you're just going to be goofy and laugh and totally yourself and it's the truest thing ever and i don't know that i would have known to look for that so specifically if i didn't have people around me saying this is what i'm seeing this is what's good and this is where it can be better you know
0: yes absolutely oh i love that Um, okay. So Carly, your next one, speaking of dating, um, is, you know, something you're really happy you did while you're single was to go on a million blind dates. One You said blind dates, but I think like dates just All the dates. All the dates. Yeah. So talk about, I feel like there's kind of this perception, especially, maybe especially in the church where we kind of feel like you're not supposed to date. Like you're supposed to find the one person somehow. Oh, exactly. Just marry them. Exactly. Talk about
1: that. I, yeah. I mean, we grew up in the generation where we were kissing dating goodbye. We were signing purity pledges and wearing purity rings from our dads, um, which I did, you know, that was just what we did. Right. And it was all about don't have sex and, and don't, don't give your heart away and all of these things. And so suddenly you were like, so dis. you just couldn't trust anyone. You're like, wait, who are you? What is that? Put that down. Don't touch that. <laughs> you know, like totally. it was, it just became this really scary over pressurized thing. Right. Where it's like, don't agree to have coffee with him and leave him on unless you know he is the one. And like Stephanie said, how exactly are we supposed to know that? Yeah. So it it got to the point where I was like, look, you know how they say that if ever you're given the opportunity to interview for a job, you should always take the interview. Even if you don't think you're particularly interested in the job, you never know who you might meet there. And it's always great to have the experience and the impression. Okay. That's kind of my approach on dating. (laughs) Um, especially online dating, where like if you're both swipe right or left or whichever way we're swiping these days, um, there's obviously a mutual attraction or at least an interest, right? You both know why you're there. And so if you talk for a little bit and you're like, okay, you don't seem A, like a serial psychopath, B totally boring, and C, we align on like the basic tenets of who we might be, and one of you drums up the courage to ask the other out, then you go out. And like, it's a few hours of your life. It's fine. And actually the worse the date is, the better it will be later on. They're like a fine wine. They just age and the stories get better. Your husband might not like hearing them, but it's fine. Um, they're great for girls' nights They're here. great yeah. for girls' Glad nights here. here. Just us girls. So anyway, yeah. When I, I did, um, I did online dating in Michigan, and anytime somebody was like, "Hey, I have a friend," I'd be like, "Okay," and went out with the coworker's nephew in one of the weirdest experiences of my life. It was so funny. I describe him as—do I say this on the class? I can't remember. I describe this guy with deep respect as a movie character who was written specifically for Edward Norton to play. Like nobody but Edward Norton should have touched this script, except Edward Norton was very busy, and only Nicolas Cage was available it was a cluster. It was just, but like so weird and funny. And you know what? He was perfectly pleasant. And did I see him again or talk to him again afterwards? No. Did I cry? No. Any harm? No, no harm, no foul, you know? Um, and not, you know, don't go out with people who you just are obviously not interested in just to have a story, obviously, but, um, it's just really, it's, it can be fun and it doesn't have to be the biggest deal in the world. To have a drink or dinner or go on a bike ride or... I don't want to mislead you. I would never go on a bike ride on a date. (laughs) Or in life if I can avoid it. But whatever the activity you choose that's for you, just give it a shot.
0: I think that I, I got a message from a girl um, last week who said, you know, I haven't dated much and I'm really uncomfortable dating and even around guys a little bit, because yeah. if you haven't spent a lot of time with, with guys, like you don't really know how to interact. And I think that that's really something I've learned from you. Um, and that I feel like you've been able to speak into really well is the more practice you have, the easier it gets. Yeah, absolutely. Totally. And the, and the other thing is, um, you know, I can look back, um, you know, in the last episode, Michelle and I talked about breakups and, and, you know, the goodness that we've seen through breakups and really the relationships that I've had, you know, that I have meeting up to Carl, while I didn't end up, you know, marrying them. I really learned so much about myself and even about God through them. And I learned so much about what I was looking for in person. Absolutely. And it's practice. Like you don't, you're not born knowing how to be married. Yeah. And I think that through dating people and just the more relationships we're in of all kinds, we learn how
1: to be people connected to people. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm not talking about like entering into actual relationships where you're telling your mom about him and making plans to meet his family or anything like that, or even bringing a bunch of friends in early on. Just, just. Test the waters, you know? I certainly in no way, shape, or form would want to portray men who are good and who also have hearts and feelings and emotions as some commodity that you can just breeze through. That's certainly not my intention here. But also, it can be really heartening to know there are so many fish in the sea, mm-hmm. and you're never going to find a perfect one, but there are really, really good options, you know? And and if you just stick with what you've got or or just expect somebody to knock on your door and tell them that God told him to marry you. Like, that's going to, that's going to be weird. I don't think you're going to like that as much as you might hope.
0: I, yeah, I think that, I think that when we can take the pressure off of dating, I think it, it helps a lot. And, yeah. and, and like you said about Jesse, like you would taken some of the pressure of, I need to find this now off by moving to Nashville and, and kind of getting out of that a little bit. Yeah. And you guys were just free to get to know each other. Yeah. And I love that. Um, okay. So the next one, actually the last one, um, Something that I'm really, really glad I did while I was single is that I really took some time to get to know myself and to, to figure out what's important to me in life mm-hmm. and to figure out kind of where I'm headed and also to really figure out some some basic things about my faith. Um, and, and I, you know, I want to be careful in this because we're always on a journey. Like we are always figuring things out, yeah. like ask anyone, you know, ask your parents, they have no idea what they want to be when they grow up, but, you know, we're all totally on, you know, always learning in, in this area. But I think that, I think that when we're single is an amazing time to really get to know ourselves as we are right now to the best of our ability to do some soul searching to, um, to really process through and think about what's important to us in life, what some of our values are, where, where we want to be in general in our life, you know, some, some tenants, some main tenants along the way. Um, and I think that it's like in our faith as well. Um, you know, I get lots of emails from girls who are wondering how to, how to, you know, find a, or how to have a godly marriage. And I think that there are some things you can do, you know, when you're married, you know, going to church together, like, talking about your faith, you know, there's some certain, certain things you can do, but really the components are of a godly marriage are two people who love God. Yeah. And that's something that totally happens while you're single. And, and that's something that you, you explore and dig into when you're single. And, um, the best analogy I've ever been able to think of, and and I've thought a lot about it, um, when it comes to marriage is that it's kind of like a three-legged race. So when you're getting married to someone, you are tying yourself to them. And mm-hmm. really, where you go, they go. Where they go, you go. And I think that this is um, – it, it's its a really beautiful thing. I think that that's also – when people say, like, marriage is hard, I think that's thats always what I cite is yeah. because you're tied to another person now. And yeah. sometimes it would be easier if you could just run alone because you're like, oh, my gosh, you're weighing me down. Or yeah. <laughs> you're going left. Like, come on, we're going right. That's what's hard about it. Um, but yeah. I think that – that's why I think it's important for us to know – what we care about and where we're going in life, um, just in a general sense, because when we tie our legs to someone, if they don't want to go in the direction we want to go in, we're not going to end up where we want to go. And, you know, I think about this in our faith a lot, you know, in terms of like, you know, marrying someone who shares your beliefs, if whatever's important to you, if if your faith is the most important thing to you, but whatever's important to you, if say that's north and you're really dead set on getting north, like this is where I want my life to be pointed. This is what I want to base it on. I'm heading north. And you tie your leg to someone and they want to go, like, east, at best, if you are 50-50 in this, you're going to end up northeast. You're yeah. not going to end up north, and he's not going to end up east, so neither of you are going to end up where you wanted to go. You're going to end up some sort of place in the middle. If you end up north and he didn't want to go that way, it's because you dragged him there. And yeah. that stinks. And at worst, I mean, maybe that's worse, I don't know, but you could end up totally east. And so I think that... um it's really important to know generally, you know, what we want out of life and what things are important to us and what kind of person we're looking for that can sort of match up with us yeah. on this. Um, because if we don't know where we're going in just general senses, um, if, if we don't know ourselves well enough to know what we're really looking for, then we're getting in a car with someone and hoping that, hoping we like where we end up, Yeah. you
1: know, because um, you really, yeah, yeah. That's kind of, I think, no, I think that's really that's really astute and and I remember growing up we would do we'd fill out like the husband lists right like Mm -hmm. these are the things that I must have in the husband and one of my girlfriends wrote literally um he has to be tan but he can't get tan by lying out like he needs to just maybe throw a football around shirtless and like that was on her criteria of what a husband was and spoiler alert she married a wonderful man very godly very strong very white but whatever yes anyway um and the older I got, the more I was like, this is a silly thing. Like, I'm looking for something unreal. And so I simplified it down to a lyric from a Yearwood's Yearwood song. Excellent. <laughs> in which she describes Joseph, Jesus' father, as strong and kind and good. Mm-hmm. And I was like, someone who is strong and kind and good, who values um, family and closeness and experiences over toys and a nice warm home to bring people into and generosity. Like those are the things that make my heart beat faster. And, and you recognize that once you know, that is true about yourself, it becomes just in, in exceedingly clear in somebody else too. And so, you know, I'm getting in this car and I don't know where it's going to end up, but I'm, I know we both want to go there. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's been the biggest gift ever. And the fact that Jesse really loves good food helps also. Oh my gosh. Just yes. Circle. Um, so I love this and I'm so glad
0: that we got to talk about this. Me Cara, too. If you could go back, just kind of my last question. Well, then I have a couple of really fun ones, but <laughs> my last real question is if you could go back and give yourself some encouragement in the season when you were having the hardest time being single, what would you,
1: what would you tell yourself? Like, what would you tell yourself to do? My first thought, honestly, is the encouragement of just, it is so worth it. And that feels really cliche. Like he was worth the wait, but it's more than just Jesse. It's not, he was worth the wait. It's this life is worth it. It's worth it to love hard and to take risks and to put yourself out there, honestly, you know, and I'd also, I would so badly want to tell 23 year old Carly, like, you have so much time. You have no idea how much time you have and, and yet how quickly it goes. So chill out on the dudes, like it's going to work out and just be as present as you possibly can, because there's so much good to be had right now.
0: I love that. I love that.
1: Okay. Um, okay. So my last three
0: questions um, are, the first one is, I would love to hear what God's teaching you these days.
1: Um okay so pretty similar to what I just said actually I mean it's so interesting here's one last thing about like marriage and dating is if you if you just live your life to the point where you think if you just get married it all falls into place it doesn't <laughs> you still have a job and a family and a home and all of these things that um can be crazy sometimes and so I feel like the Lord is really continuing to teach me Um, that how I respond to trial is kind of a snapshot of my gut instinct, right? So like if my first thought when I'm having a conflict or I'm feeling uninspired or whatever is to just give up and throw my hands in the air, like that's not who I want to be. I don't believe that's who God created me to be. And he has so much more for his children than that. And so, what is it that I can step into right now, right? Where are the small bits of beauty that I can find and celebrate? Um, my mom once told me, "I grew up in just this tiny little home before my parents built the the house they live in now, but um, this small little house and my extended family is like thirty plus people, and for some reason, my mom is always the one hosting all of the events. Um, and she would say, Carly, if, if you don't entertain in a small home, you'll never entertain in a big home. And I I think about my life like that. And I think that's really what God is teaching me. It's like, if you're not willing to put the work in at a small level, then you're not capable of putting the work in at a big level. Um, and I think that's kind of all encompassing for me right now.
0: I think that's also insanely profound for
1: everything we just talked about.
0: (laughs) It's so good. Um, Okay, so second question. What's something kind of random in life that's bringing you joy right now?
1: Um, I mean, the eclipse was pretty cool. Yeah. It was very cool. It was very cool. Um, also, I mean, I do more than eat, I swear, but I did make a big batch of gazpacho on Friday. And I just put it straight into, like, to-go containers because I knew I would want it for, um, afternoon snacks at the office. And so every time I remember I have it, I'm just like, Yes! That's amazing. Um, I feel like I had something profound on that thought. I mean, not like like cool, profound, but just like kind of funny. Hmm. But I don't. You can
0: come back to it. Okay. If you think of it. Okay, so the last question is, I would love to know, um, who's a woman that is just really inspiring you right now?
1: <sighs> there are so many. Um, one of my very, very dear friends, Allie, um, she is She's a high up person at Amazon, actually. And she is this incredible creative, just visionary in so many ways, right? She um, designed her whole wedding suite. She's just, she's wonderful. She's just one of the best friends ever. And her family's going through um, just an unthinkable health crisis with her sister, who's the mother of two small boys. And it's just, it's weighing really heavily. Um, And Allie took a leave from Amazon to go just hang out at home and go to chemo appointments with her sister and be around her nephews and play fetch with their dog and just the selflessness and the love of all of that. I just, it's just one of the most incredible things. I'm just so deeply proud of her. Um, and then on a more social side, there's this designer, um, Whitney Hawkins, Whitney Blake Hawkins. She is um, the lead designer for the Emily Lay brand and oh my goodness her aesthetic is so clean and pretty and I love her Instagram and there she's re she's renovating a home right now and it's like all of the dreams so she's really fun to follow I really enjoy her and she's really sweet and uplifting and like not remotely obnoxious about any of the things so that's a great combination I love that yeah
0: car this has been so good and so fun and I'm so grateful for you and um, so grateful that you let me pick your brain about this. And um, Always. I just, I just am really grateful for your friendship and grateful for your insight. So thank you for being here. I'm so glad. Thank you for having me.
1: Let's go get dinner.
0: Yeah, okay, let's go get dinner. Guys, isn't Carly amazing? I just love her. I died laughing so many times during our conversation and I am still thinking about so many of the wise and profound things she said. I am so glad you got to meet her. One thing I did want to mention is that I know I said in the podcast that you got to meet my best friend, Michelle, in the last episode, and you may be thinking, Stephanie, we met Robin in the last episode, and you're totally right. We had to rearrange the order a little bit, so Michelle is going to be later in the season, but when we get to that episode, you are going to positively love her. Also, I know I mentioned in this episode that my course, Make the Most of Your Single Life, is open right now, and it is. You guys, it's open right now today, and I would just love to have you join us. In the course, I'm going to be teaching you how to make the very most of this season. First, so it's just an awesome season. So you can live the life you want to live as the woman you want to be. But also, like Carly and I talked about in this episode, the things we did while we were single set us up to be ready for marriage. They helped us catch the eye of our sweet husbands and they set us up so we were in a really great place to be in a really great marriage once the time came. And that's what this course is all about. So if this sounds like it's up your alley, head to loveyoursinglelife.com. You can learn more about the course there and you can sign up there too, but make sure to do it soon because the course is only open from today, September 18th until September 22nd. And then after that, it'll be closed for the rest of the year. Now, I said this at the beginning, but I know that some of you may be listening to this episode outside of that window of time, and that's totally fine. If you go to loveyoursinglelife.com, you can still check out the course. And if the doors aren't open, you can go ahead and put your name on the waiting list, which means you'll be the first to know next time doors do open up. But if you're listening to this in real time, make sure to sign up soon because doors are only open for a few days and we'd just love to have you join us. You guys, thank you so much for listening to today's episode. I cannot tell you how much it means to me to have you here at Girls' Night. Before you go, it would mean so much to me if you would do two quick things. The first is to subscribe subscribing to the podcast is the best way to make sure you never miss an episode. And it's also a way easier way to listen because it's a a way of sort of bookmarking the podcast. You never have to go looking for it again. Your app will just automatically download the next episode once a new one's released. The other thing that would mean so much to me is if you would take a second to leave a rating and a review for the podcast. The way iTunes knows how to suggest this podcast to new people is by the ratings and the reviews. That's how we invite new friends to our girls night. So would you do me a huge favor and just take a second to leave a rating and a quick comment about how you like the podcast so far? It would really help us get started. Okay, last thing. I know that Carly and I talked about a lot of books and recipes and just a ton of fun things today on the show. And so if you want to find the links to any of those things, all you have to do is go to my website, stephaniemaywilson.com. For every podcast episode, we're going to have a blog post with the show notes. All of the links will be there for everything we talk about, including a link for Carly's Instagram profile, so you can follow her and so that y'all can be friends. So head on over to stephaniemaywilson.com and you'll find links for everything we talked about today. Okay, friends, that's all I have for you today. Thank you so much again for joining us for Girls Night. Make sure to tune in next week when we'll be talking to my sweet friend, Dana Marie. Dana is a singer and a songwriter and a writer and just one of the most inspiring people I've ever met. We're going to be talking about God and his redemption and how to see beauty in the midst of the broken parts of our life. I walked away from our conversation so inspired, and I know you will too. So make sure to join us next week, and we'll see you then.